Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago, and welcome inside the clubhouse. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I am David Haw, along with our baseball expert, Bruce Levine. We are here until 1045 today, building a bridge to DePaul basketball, talking Cubs, talking White Sox, and Bruce, finally we get to be talking about games on the horizon. The White Sox open on Sunday, the Cubs a day later, but we are done we over analyzing live batting practice and intra squad games. We finally will have an opponent to evaluate the Cubs and the White Sox against. There's a lot of other things to discuss. We've got guests, we've got calls, we've got a lot to pack into two hours. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning, David. Yeah, looking forward to watching games, uh, listening to games, uh, certainly as well on the scores, uh, Cub games. Uh, begin uh, this week as well here on the score and uh, we're looking forward to baseball period uh, the weather broke a little bit this week so uh, we can breathe and shovel out and uh, really <laughs> anticipate a month from Monday uh, opening day for both the White Sox and Cubs let's uh, let's start with um, a little bit of a preview of the show today David okay sounds good because we are going to talk uh to Nico Horner, the Cubs' young second baseman at 920. Kind of catch up with where Nico Horner stands, how he's viewing this spring and the opportunity in front of him. And then at 940, we'll talk to the White Sox reliever Aaron Bummer, fine young lefty. He is a guy that they are counting on heavily this season in a bullpen that is loaded with power arms. And then the top of the hour, we'll start to hear from uh, listeners. We'll talk about the White Sox, the dynamic between Tim Anderson and uh, Tony Larusa. We'll talk about Javi Baez and Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo. We've got a lot, uh, a lot of guys to talk to and talk about today, Bruce. So hopefully, uh, we will cover all the bases as you, as it were. And our phone lines are always open at three one two six four four six seven six seven. That's also our text line. David will read all that's worthy on the air and try to keep us on the airwaves. 
Uh, David, looking forward to uh, this week in particular, uh, watching uh, some of these rotations roll out. And uh, uh, the Cubs are still looking at a rotation of Kyle Hendricks. And then, depending on who you talk to, and it's mostly David Ross, and sometimes we get to speak to some of the pitchers uh, in Arizona, uh, Jake Arrieta is either your two or your three pitcher in this rotation. And after that, uh, it slopes to uh, who is going to stay there. Is Mills for real? Is Alzelay ready to ta- step up and take innings? Is Williams back to the form of 2018 after going into the Cubs pitching lab uh, for the last couple of weeks? A lot of intriguing stories about their rotation. So as we look at the Cubs, Bruce, obviously the rotation that leads, I think, to the their biggest questions and their bullpen, how that's going to be composed. We talked to Tommy Hadovy on Friday morning on the Mully and Haw show, and and he was very interesting in talking about just how how he's viewing this spring. The White Sox have a lot fewer questions. They they probably have, as we heard this week, um, a pretty set lineup, but with the exception of maybe designated hitter. I'll say this, and, and let's start with maybe the biggest surprise to me this week of things that we heard or that we were looking at was the introduction of Jake Berger and Gavin Sheets to the designated hitter competition with Andrew Vaughn. Three young hitters. We knew that the Sox were going to be in a position to count on Andrew Vaughn this year. Did not expect to hear the names Jake Berger and Gavin Sheets offered by Tony LaRussa as guys competing with Vaughn. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to be looking for some extra pop there. Uh, I still think it's a it's a situation where you keep that position open, uh, mostly for Yasmani Grandal, Abreu, and Jimenez. Uh, with Grandal, you're paying a record contract uh, for him in his second year of a four-year deal to be productive. Yes, your top catcher, catching a great staff, number one job. But 1A is also a switch-hitting power bat uh, that they paid a lot of money for that they want in that lineup every day. Your, your starting catcher, David, is not going to catch more than 120 games. If he does, you're going to wear him down to the bone. That's just not what you want. So you, you're going to have to have Grandal in that batting order a lot of times there. You don't want that, in particular against right-handers, that left-handed power bat sitting on the bench. So as we consider who the Sox are going to turn to to be the DH, the biggest I think the not the biggest surprise all week, but when the Cubs talked about inviting and Brendan Davis to camp, whenever you hear a young prospect, especially on a team that hasn't really had a lot of those guys develop in recent years, it, it kind of it piques your curiosity. So what can you tell us about the young center fielder that the Cubs are taking a longer look at this spring? Well, he's a very athletic uh, young guy. You, you won't throw the five tool on him, but he does have uh, he has good five tools. Let's put it that way. He's not a, a, a gold star five tool player, but he can run, he can hit, uh, he can catch the ball. Uh, it's nice to hear about a prospect coming through the uh, system that's not a number one draft pick. You know, the Cubs have done a very good job of moving their number one draft picks. Uh, into major leagues and doing a good job of developing. But after that, you know, you see now uh, David Bodie with the team. Uh, you're, you're looking at potential of some bullpen guys from the, uh, from the system still hanging on and contributing. But in reality, uh, hearing about a uh, blue chip player like Davis uh, coming up 
you know, that is uh, that is interesting. And uh, you have a few more coming in. Amaya, the catcher. Uh, you, you have Marquez that's uh, coming in as a top left-handed pitcher. So things are starting to move a little bit as far as prospects for the Chicago Cubs. But just to be clear, when you have a 21-year-old prospect, I mean, if, if this were a White Sox prospect in recent years, we have seen these guys – accelerate quickly through the system. Brendan Davis is not on an accelerated path. He still is going to be, what, a year or so away from you know playing at Wrigley Field if, if the Cubs hold on to him and he develops at the rate they expect? Yeah, I think that's right, David. And, and you know, he's a good-looking player, but, you know, he's not as advanced as you would say some of the, uh, you know, the Cuban connection uh, or Jimenez was when uh, he was traded for uh, – from the Cubs to the White Sox, um, he still has some uh, things to do. And, you know, playing at double-A and triple-A before he uh, matriculates to uh, Wrigley Field and the Chicago Cubs, that's going to be a part of his development. Uh, is he as sexy a player as some of the White Sox players? Maybe not, but uh, he's still, uh, you know, he's still a blue chipper. They're hoping for uh, development into that uh, Cub batting order sometime in the next couple of years. Well, what you're trying to say, Bruce, is he doesn't have his own walk-up music yet, and he doesn't star in his own <laughs> video like Yoan Mankata and the swag that the White Sox sort of carry, whether it's Mankata, whether it's Luis Robert, uh, whether it's Tim Anderson. And Tim Anderson has some very interesting things to say yesterday on, uh, on our station, and some of them you didn't even have to uh, use the dump button to hear. Uh, he was in full Tim Anderson form, and that is what you want, and he – gets people excited, Bruce. And he has, you know, every time that he speaks, something out of his mouth is, is it's confident. It's, uh, it's maybe a little brash, but it's something that he has backed up. And it's refreshing to hear a player as enthusiastic and as confident in his team as Tim Anderson consistently is about the White Sox. This is Inside the Clubhouse. That's David Haw. I'm Bruce Levine. We're here for you every week, 9 to 11, a shortened version today till 1045. But uh, packed with baseball information and your input at 312-644-6767. David, our first guest will be coming up soon. Looking forward to that. When we come back, we will talk to the young second baseman for the Chicago Cubs, Nico Horner, who is uh, working on a lot of things this spring. One of them is an open stance. We're looking forward to talk to him about. There's some other things to stay with us because Nico Horner is at 920. Aaron Bummer is at 940. Top of the conversation. Top of the hour. We'll have baseball conversation. Three one two six forty four sixty seven with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. Welcome inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think it's offensively, right? I mean, Nico, um, who he is in a lot of ways for us is, you know, the ideal baseball player uh, in some respects. It's just about his mentality, his work ethic, how he sees the game, uh, his def- defensive skill set, his, his ability to move all around the diamond and play different positions. Um, you know, Nico's just, just continuing to work on developing and, um, you know, seeing live pitching, seeing major league pitching, continue to get better and work on your strength and weaknesses in that area. I mean, I think that's that's uh, you can say that about a lot of guys, but I think that's a that's a that's a development process that Nico put a lot of work in this offseason and just got to go out and um, execute uh, his plan. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw here until 1045 today. That was the voice of David Ross, the Cubs manager, talking about the young Cubs second baseman, Nico Horner, Bruce. And it seems as if Nico Horner has been here for a long time and he has been here since uh, obviously the end of the 2019 season and he played last year but it seems like it's he's almost a veteran now even though he was the first round draft pick in 2018 maybe maybe this is all part of the development but boy he is developing at the major league level where a lot of guys they don't get to, to do it at his young age they're still in the minors kind of working the ways up but it says a lot about his maturity and his readiness for for uh, for the majors well, you're right about that, David. I mean, here's a guy with only 375 uh, plate appearances in the minor leagues coming up and playing, starting shortstop for the Chicago Cubs in a uh, pennant race in September of 2019, stepping in for the injured Javier Baez. And he did it so seamlessly uh, that people thought it would be a, uh, you know, it would be a magic carpet ride all the way to the Hall of Fame. Uh, things are not that easy, as we will talk to our good friend here in just a second. 
Yes, Nico Horner is a guy who has already become a household name for a lot of Cubs fans, Bruce, and we are lucky enough to have him join us right now. And uh, he will join us. Uh, Nico, uh, welcome. Uh, it's inside the clubhouse. You're with uh, David and Bruce. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I mean, talking about yourself, I know, is not your favorite uh, thing. So let's start by talking about the team and uh, what you see from uh, early part of spring training here. Uh, the, uh, you know, the addition of some, the subtraction of some. What is camp like this year compared to last season? Yeah, I mean, even though the, the core is, is largely the same, uh, each year definitely feels different. And, you know, there's different narratives and all that, but... I'm super lucky as a young player to have the position player core that we have, and I've talked about that before. But um, I think there's just there's so much learning from being around players that have been great and want to be great and um, are at different points in their career, and just seeing how people handle that is really great. Talking with Nico Horner on the score hotline. The guest hotline is brought to you by Alpamonte Ford, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park and North Avenue by orapford.com. And, Nico, we were talking about just how you have been able to develop at the major league level where a lot of guys your age and your in your draft class are working their way up through the minors. There are advantages to that. Obviously, you want to be in the major leagues. You want to make that uh, that ascent quickly. Uh, but how, how much does that increase the challenge? You have to make these adjustments in real time, and that obviously complicates things. There's a lot more scrutiny and a lot more people watching you maybe struggle and work through some of these early things in your career. Yeah, and that's just, and you hit it right on the head. That's a huge part of the development, not just um, baseball skill-wise, but you know, handling handling pressure, handling traveling. Um, you know, each each part of that is being a is part of being a successful major leaguer. And um, I don't have it all figured out. I probably never will have it all perfectly figured out. But I've definitely uh, been thankful just to have a season at all last year. You know, there's so many really great players my age who just didn't get to play baseball last year. So. Um, Obviously not how I wanted to play last year, but to have feedback at all is so valuable, and I'm definitely better for it at this point. With your exit meetings after 2020 with the Cubs, what did you talk about what you wanted to do in the offseason? How did you implement that uh, going into 2021? And uh, what's different about uh, you and uh, maybe your uh, the way you, you approach baseball in 2021? Yeah, well, I think the you know the on the assessment side, um, you know, any fan would be able to say it as well as me or um, the front office. Just in that, you know, I'm I'm going to be a, a very solid all-around player, and you know, I ran the bases well and played good defense last year, but I didn't hit that well, and so that's um, not that hard to figure out right there. But then, you know, how do you go about it? And that's the that's the difficult part. And super lucky to have the the resources we do with the Cubs and the people. I just really, I really enjoy working with this staff, and the addition of Chris Valeka is uh, really exciting for me. Someone who I worked with in the minor leagues, and uh, a guy I really trust, and so him and Post together are going to be a great duo for the for the hitting side. So, Nico, in the off season, if the way I understand it correctly, is that you decided or you have been working on a more open stance, and I guess for the 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 layperson, the baseball fan watching at home on the Marquee Sports Network or listening to the games on the score. How does opening your stance make you more dangerous of a hitter or create what you have described as a more athletic approach at the plate? Yeah, so I think um, I had a closed stance for a while, and it's the kind of thing that um, you feel the same, but over time just gets more and more and more closed, especially as 
you know, things get harder, you kind of resort to certain things. And for me, I think I just started getting more and more blocked off to the point that uh, really fighting myself, you know, baseball is hard enough as is, and then you put yourself in a, a compromised position and uh, it gets even harder. So uh, that's a nice, nice feedback from the, from the Cubs on that and good communication there. And for me, um, whether it's open or neutral, it's really just, it's being in a place where my body's not blocked off. I don't, I can work with space. I have more time, um, should help the swing itself, but also decision-making and, um, just, to, yeah, increase my comfort and, and athleticism as a hitter and go from there. That's the voice of Nico Horner from Mesa, Arizona. You're listening to inside the clubhouse on the score. Nico, when uh, you look at uh, the possibilities of uh, some of those iconic Cubs that you've uh, called teammates uh, since uh, 2019 in September, uh, uh, your, your everyday friends and the people that you go to work with, uh, what, what are your thoughts knowing that some of these guys uh, you know, are going into their walk year and uh, how do you think uh, that will uh, impact uh, the season at all? I mean, we know they're true professionals. We know they won't be distracted, yet uh, that conversation will be taking place certainly outside of your clubhouse on a daily basis. I know it's definitely an interesting factor. It's not something that, you know, I've really been around that much because my time here has been limited. So, um, you know, I'm definitely someone that learns from from watching other people, and I'm excited to see just how guys guys handle that. And I think that can be some some healthy pressure too, especially since other guys are going through it at the same time. I feel like that makes it better instead of just being on an island by yourself as the one guy who's really trying to have, you know, a big year and it turns into a selfish thing. I think that would be a much harder situation in an organization that doesn't have a chance to win. I think having the main priority of winning should align like guys' priorities pretty well. And so, um, yeah, going through it with other guys, I think, uh, it's never easy, I don't think, but I think if there is a situation that's doable, we've got a good setup for it here. You know, Nico, the dynamic between the second baseman and a shortstop is so important and and I think sometimes overlooked. And with Javi Baez, you have a gold glove shortstop, a guy who has played your position. How would you describe your rapport with Javi and and how how the communication has evolved since you were you know, again, you came up very quickly. A lot happened fast, and you, that that relationship was sort of compressed into okay, okay, kid. You do, you can't really here here you are, and you're in the midst of a lot of a lot of pressure, and you had to produce immediately. And that relationship had to kind of you couldn't have the growing pains that uh, you know typically you might be able to tolerate. Yeah. So when I got called up in 2019, it was because Javi wasn't healthy, obviously, and so I didn't play with him then, and then. Last year, I uh, really only played about half the game. So even though it's been a long time as far as, like, the calendar, it hasn't been that long as far as baseball games themselves. So definitely still something that's developing. He's a, an absolute, like, joy to play with. Um, just a, a positive, great teammate. And, um, you know, just as a fan of baseball, it's really fun to play alongside someone like that and definitely look forward to continuing to build that chemistry. Nico, uh, you've talked about uh, the fact that David Bodie was one of the more welcoming people for you and somebody that uh, reached out when you first came to the team, and now uh, you're in competition with him for that second base job. Uh, that's what sports and, and baseball is all about, is competition. Talk about that dynamic with uh, David. Obviously, Vargas is another good player that's 
in the mix. But uh, talk about your dynamic with with David and how you how you uh, approach that on a daily basis as uh, as kind of a mentor, friend, and uh, and competitor. Yeah, I think uh, Bodie deserves a ton of respect as someone who's uh, been in the Cubs organization for a long time and. Um, you know, really earned his way to this position. Obviously, every, everybody does in their own way, but uh, his trip to the minor leagues, there's a ton of different ways to get to the big leagues, and his his took a lot of character to get through, and so that's very much on display still, and a guy who, who works incredibly hard at his craft, and, you know, he's really found his way of, of um, earning his place in the major leagues because nothing was really ever given to him at all, and so he's going to always have that that chip on his shoulder, and that's really healthy to have around for a group. Um, just someone that's kind of pushing things to the highest level, and so, um, love, yeah, I love talking the game of baseball with him. He's someone that, that we all benefit being around, so yeah, lucky to have him. Nico, what's your level of anticipation when the games actually start? They don't mean anything, we know that, but fans are going to start to trickle in. You'll have that this year. Yeah. That's been a while since that's been the case, so how would you describe your excitement level as you anticipate the the return of games i know i thought that we might get a a darvish hendricks matchup our first game of spring with Caratini. <laughs> uh, i hope Caratini, i'm not I, I heard that i don't think darvish is pitching but i think if Caratini's catching that'll be fun to watch his at bats versus, versus kyle because they're they're close and um, obviously know each other incredibly well so uh, but as a whole um very exciting i mean spring training means different things different people depending on where you're at in their career and um, excited both to to show the work that I've put in and also keep that that development mindset understanding it's early in the year and I'm um, really enjoying myself because you know the, the off season is long and you know you work on specific things and at a certain point you really just got to go play and see where you're at and go from there so I'm just excited for that feedback and even if it's limited capacity just just seeing fans in the stands is going to be a really refreshing sight. <laughs> Nico, in closing with you, and David and I really appreciate your time uh, this morning from the desert. Uh, what what was your was your physical routine uh, in the off season as far as uh, trying to get stronger yet staying athletic, which is seems to be very difficult for for people that don't know you know how to go about that. How do you go about getting stronger yet not tying yourself up muscle wise as you uh, get your added strength? Yeah, so I, I was really had an ideal situation as far as working out this offseason. I stayed in Chicago. I was at Wrigley, was with um, our strength co- strength coach Shane, uh, as well as our head or one of our trainers uh, Nate. And so being able to work with both guys, you get a combination of the strength side as well as keeping your body healthy. And so as far as the resources, I really you know you can't ask for much more than I've been able to be exposed to. So yeah, definitely um, feel like my most most athletic and healthy self, as you should be at the beginning of the year, because <laughs> it's not going to get better. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just uh, super thankful for what we have here and just trying to make the most of the resources for sure. So, Nico, you you stayed in Chicago this off season? Yeah, my girlfriend works at Northwestern, so I was actually living at her place in Lincoln Park. I was there until late January and then came out here in um, for February. Well, you got out in time because we have had uh, was starting to melt now, but we had two weeks straight of snow. So you were the you were among the lucky ones that uh, that that's well, great all, that you were able to experience a Chicago winter. Yeah, I got out of there just in time. Nico, thank <laughs> you so much for joining David and I. 
have a, have a great spring uh, training. We're only a month away or so from uh, opening day. We're looking forward to seeing you. Thanks again for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Nico. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Nico Horner, the young second baseman for the Chicago Cubs, Bruce, and you can hear this. He, he's mature. He sounds like a guy who has been here for longer than maybe he has. He's yet to play a full season, and yet the Cubs count on him to take take hold of that second base job and be an asset more than a liability moving forward in 2021. Absolutely. Refreshing young guy. And uh, speaking of uh, young guys and Arizona, we will go from Mesa, Arizona to Glendale, Arizona when we come back and talk to Aaron Bummer of the Chicago White Sox as he uh, gets back to a full healthy season and uh, probably joins one of the, David, maybe the best uh, bullpens in baseball. That's the way they're looking at it, and we will hear from the young left-hander next, Bruce Levine. I'm David Hall. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Join us next for the interview with Aaron Bummer from Arizona here on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. It's one of the darndest velocity movement pitches I've seen. Got a kick out of watching you know, the guys who are trying to catch him. I mean, it's, it's unique. And very, very effective. So, you know, happy for him and his wife and the baby. And I know he's due in, uh, I think, sometime today as far as going to the protocols. But that's a unique talent. And it really works. That starter can definitely work as a reliever as well. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here on The Score until 1045 with Bruce Levine. I am David Haw. Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. That was the voice of Tony LaRusso talking about his fine young lefty, Aaron Bummer, new father uh, recently, and he has made an impression already on the new manager of the White Sox. And Bruce, Aaron Bummer's future is bright. He has been an asset for the White Sox, but they, uh, you look at a lot of teams around the league that he could close for, and he is in Chicago playing a very valuable role for the Sox in what it could be, what could be, they think the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah, and uh, David, I think we're ready to go. So let's go out to the score hotline presented by Alpamonte Ford, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or apford.com for our special guest, Bruce. He is one of the top relief pitchers in baseball and a favorite guest here on Inside the Clubhouse. We are pleased to have our friend Aaron Bummer join us today on a Saturday morning from Glendale, Arizona. Good morning. How are you, Aaron? How's everything going there? Morning, Aaron. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing really well, guys. How are y'all? We're doing great. First of all, give us uh, some insight on how the baby is. How's everything going at home? Uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, everything's awesome. Uh, mama's healthy. Baby's healthy. Um, you know, they're going to get to enjoy some sunshine here in the next couple of days, so I'm excited for them to get out here and, um, yeah, just kind of enjoy some sunshine and get back with the fam. Yeah, so Aaron, congratulations. A, that, that's great. When, when you look at your, your last couple months or so, it sounds as if you were the ultimate planner, that you, you anticipated the, the, the due date, you anticipated uh, what was going to happen, and you got to Arizona early, and then obviously you welcomed your daughter into the world, and now you're back to, to baseball. That's a lot to process in a, in a, in a short period of time. Yeah, and you know, um, everyone from Tony, Ethan, um, our training staff, the front office, you know, we're all kind of on board with the same plan. Um, Tony, and the, Tony and the staff, you know, really preach a family environment inside the clubhouse and how important, you know, us becoming a family as teammates is. 
And, you know, it was really awesome that that extended out um, to outside the clubhouse. And so, you know, I was really thankful for all the time that I got to spend at home. <clears throat> and we were able to kind of create a little bit of a plan, um, knowing that I was going to be late, saying kind of, hey, here's a six-week plan of um, from the middle of January until you potentially head out to Arizona so that whenever you get out here, uh, you are on schedule, and, you know, that's exactly where I feel. I feel like I'm in a great spot, so uh, everything is good. Don Cooper has uh, left the White Sox. He's retired. Uh, Ethan uh, Katz is your new pitching coach, and it was pretty interesting to hear him talk uh, earlier in the week, uh, Aaron, about the fact that when he caught you and first got with you that he said in all his his experience as a you know a high school coach now in the professionals with the Giants last year, he had never seen a movement on a pitch like your sinker. Can you talk about your getting together with Cats now and understanding you know what he's expecting of you going into 2021? Well, it doesn't help that I also throw him the best sinker of my life, so, you know, that's it. <laughs> it just no, was one um, of those things you're saying. Yeah, it was a perfect <laughs> storm. Um, no, but we've had a lot of really good conversations about kind of, you know, how how can we take the next step moving forward, um, you know, whether or not it's, uh, you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, mechanical things or not necessarily um, – you know, adding or subtracting a new pitch or certain things like that. But we've had quite a few conversations about um, pitch selection, pitch usage, um, you know, trying to put ourselves in the best positions to succeed. So, you know, um, I think speaking for myself and I think a lot of other teammates, you know, um, Ethan's doing an amazing job of putting us in positions to get better. And so I think that everybody's using this spring training period to get better and get ready and, um, you know, I think that the sky's the limit for all of us, you know, and I, ho and I hope by the end of the day that everyone's got that nasty pitch that they can put in their back pocket and use them whenever they need. Talking with White Sox left-handed reliever Aaron Bummer here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Aaron, psychologically, did you have a hurdle to clear in terms of the injury and the return? And pitchers deal with this kind of stuff all the time. But when you had, you know, sideline last year, I think it concerned a lot of Sox fans. You come back this spring, and the expectation is you're going to be the guy that everyone can count on like, like they're used to counting on. But did you have to get past anything in, in terms of knowing that your arm and your biceps is fully healed? Um, not necessarily. It's just listening to the guys around you. Um, you know, our training staff and medical staff do an amazing job. <clears throat> and they've, you know, they haven't steered me wrong. So, you know, listening to them and just following the plan that they put out in place, um, you know, at the end of last season and throughout the off season, that I knew that if I was going to do the things or if I was if I was on board with the plan that our training staff had, um, then coming into spring training and even at the end of last season that we weren't going to have a worry at all about that bicep. So um, that's where I'm at now, that there's no worries, no hurdles to clear, no nothing, and it's just kind of go time from here on out. Aaron, at 27, you're hardly a grizzled veteran, yet you are a veteran amongst uh, a lot of the guys in the bullpen. But one guy coming in who uh, we've already found out to be quite a unique personality is uh, Liam Hendricks. Have you had any Liam Hendricks moments yet? Um, I mean, this guy, this guy seems to bring it uh, off the field as well as he does on every day. Ball of energy and a pretty entertaining guy, to say the least. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, other than him running around the field, yelling, doing, you know, just being him, um, you know, not necessarily. I think it's kind of funny that, you know, hopefully at the back end of games, you're going to have the complete opposite demeanor out there on the mound. Uh, usually I think that I'm pretty chill and pretty relaxed out there. And um, he's out there yelling and screaming at everything that he does. So it's kind of a yin, kind of a yin and yang in that aspect. Um, but, yeah, I think that we all, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things that we can learn from Liam as well. Liam as well. You know, he prides himself on being able to uh, get up and go every single day. You know, he doesn't want the ball taken out of his hands. You know, he wants to be on the mound, you know, every time that we're winning a game. And he wants the ball in those situations. So I think that from the bullpen, you know, it's kind of like you said, as, you know, 27 and to say that I've been here for a couple seasons, but, you know, I don't have the experience that he has. So there's always something that I can be doing to learn from him, you know, even learn from guys like Evan Marshall, learn from the veteran guys that have been around, um, you know, to help me in my career as well. And Aaron, there's plenty to learn from Don Cooper, and he was a pitching coach who became an institution with the White Sox. And the transition from maybe the old school Coop to kind of Ethan Katz, who's, you know, 30-something young pitching coach who kind of fits the mold of the modern-day pitching coach. How would you describe that transition and just the contrast in styles and approaches they might take? Um, I think that all, to me, I'm a guy that all information is good information. Um, you know, and I think that keeping Hass on staff you know, definitely has uh, blended that transition for us um, and saying that there's a familiar face in Haas that we've, the bullpen has had a significant amount of success with. You know, Haas has done a great job out there. <clears throat> and then adding Ethan to the mix, it's just kind of a, you know, and I love and respect everything that Coop has done for for me, and I'm sure there's just a lot of guys in the clubhouse that feel the same way. Um, but I think that we're very excited to work with you know, work with Ethan. I know that Koopa was always in Coop was always in our corner. You know, no matter what, he was the one fighting for us, and he was fighting for me. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for giving the opportunities that you know Coop was able to give us. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think that working with Ethan is going to be a new, fresh face. You know, and hopefully that kind of unlocks a little bit more potential, and hopefully guys um, can kind of keep taking that next step forward. When you look at your, your bullpen mates, um, you're 6'3". Most everywhere you've gone, you've probably been one of the, the bigger guys in a locker room. But uh, there are guys that might make you feel small size-wise when you look at not only the the height of some of the guys that are in the bullpen with you, but the way they throw the ball through the wall, you know, 100-mile-an-hour uh, you know, situations. When you look at what this bullpen could be like potentially um, – how exciting is that for you, and uh, how much do you guys uh, look forward to developing one of the more dominant bullpens in baseball? You know, I think that we want to give our starters confidence that no matter what, if they go five, seven, or eight innings, you know, we're going to get the job done for them. So that's uh, at the end of the day, that's like that's my goal. You know, if the starter gives us, we got to keep ourselves in games, <clears throat> and we need to lock down wins whenever we have a lead. And I think in our bullpen that there's going to be eight guys that are more than capable of doing that. So <clears throat> whether or not a guy needs a break, whether or not, you know, we have an injury, whether or not, you know, things happen in bullpens and guys, you know, guys are come up and down um, due to injury or whatever it may be. And I think that there's eight guys that are going to be in that big league bullpen. And then I think that there's going to be another six or seven guys Um down in the alternate side or Schaumburg that are going to be completely capable of coming up and providing us good quality innings. 
Um, so just kind of knowing that there's <clears throat> a depth to our bullpen, um, you know, it's it's awesome. You know, and I hope that's something that we can be able to go out there and be really good at the back end of games and be really good at keeping us in the games so that, you know, at the end of the day, we're winning as many as we can. We've done a pretty good job of that over the past two years. Um, but obviously the goal is to continue to do that. A few more minutes left with our guest, Aaron Bummer of the White Sox, a fine left-handed reliever here on Inside the Clubhouse. And Aaron, this may sound like a dumb question, but when you have such natural movement in in your sinker, when you have such, you know, as we talked about Ethan Katz kind of kidding about him playing catch with you and he had never seen something move like that, how much, how hard is it to kind of hone that so you have control and you know where the ball is going and is going where you want it to go? Or is there just some element of, okay, when it leaves your hand, you kind of just, wherever it goes, you, you have to live with that because the, the control aspect, I think, is something that is a continue, it, consistent challenge. You know, probably up until 2000, and I would say up until 2019, my focus was to just kind of throw the ball over the plate in college. I mean, I think that in college, I think that my catcher set up, you know, down the middle on every single fastball, um, you know, not necessarily asking myself too much, just trying to get the ball over the plate um, and let my movement do the work. And um, I think that I found out in 2019 and moving in 2020 that um, I was better with a small area of focus. And so me trying to make the best pitch possible and trying to execute um, as well as I can two corners and two location uh, made me a lot better pitcher. So, but with the movement that I have, um, you know, it's a huge trust factor. You know, I let them, you know, as soon as the ball comes out of my hand, it's out of my hand and I can't do anything about it. So um, every time that I go up there on the mound, it's just kind of going out there and I've got confidence with my sinker. I've got confidence, you know, with all my pitches that um, if I make my pitch, uh, chances are I'm going to have success. So that's just kind of the way that I go about it, just knowing that, you know, my best, I'm going to go out there and try and throw my best, and I believe that my best is good enough to get the outs that I need. Uh, we're going to let you go after this question, but, uh, Aaron, thank you for David and I joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. We really appreciate it. When uh, you heard the curiosity part of Tony Larusa joining the team as your new manager, uh, that was one thing. Now you're uh, you're realizing it every day. What has been uh, your interaction with Tony? What have been the thoughts? What do you think? Uh, how has he uh, fit in so far with the, the rest? Uh, you know, I haven't been here long, but, you know, I would say that we're all on the same page. Um, and our page is, you know, and that page is to win and win as many games as we can. So, you know, Tony's letting us, um, you know, be us. He's not restricting anybody in the way that they do. You know, TA's going out and being TA. And I think that's all that we can ask for right now is, you know, to continue to, you know, build that relationship and build that up to build that trust and create that family that we've been talking about. Um, you know, and we're definitely going in the right direction with the guys in the clubhouse, the new additions, um, the new additions, the coaching staff, you know, everybody's on the same page. So that's at the end of the day, you know, I think that we're going to be in a really good spot, um, you know, with Tony, with our staff, with the new players, um, you know, everybody. You know, and everybody's got that same common goal, and that's to win. Well, Aaron, congratulations again to you and your wife, Amber, on the birth of your daughter. What is your daughter's name, and, and how uh, how has fatherhood, I guess, changed your uh, perspective as you, as you enter the spring training? Uh, my daughter's name is Brindley, and, you know, it's awesome. You know, becoming a father, I kind of, 
I kind of never realized what it was like to, um, you know, my parents used to tell me, uh, you'll never know how much I love you. And, you know, as soon as, you know, I got to hold my baby girl, um, that was kind of the feelings that I got. So, um, you know, it's, it's an awesome experience and, you know, I can't wait for, I miss them a lot and I can't wait for them to get out here. So that's what we're holding on to. That's great. Best of luck this season, Aaron Bummer. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning on Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce. And when we come back, we will shift gears to the other side of the Phoenix area and the other side of town. We'll talk about the Cubs and the Cubs core. And we heard plenty from Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Looking forward to getting your thoughts, Bruce, on what exactly they had to say. And also we'll hear from you, the listener, 312-644-6767. Call us and tell us what you want to talk about. What were your impressions of this week? What did you think of Tim Anderson's big talk? What did you think of what Tony La Russa had to say when we had him on the Mullion Haw Show on Friday morning? Let us know your involvement, our opinions here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio. 670 the score we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.